0: Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello everybody, it is Friday, November the 25th, 2022, the last Friday in November next month. uh, As I think I may have told you, I'm doing a, an interesting debate on the implications of January the 6th insurrection um, with Intelligence Squared. I'm actually talking to Rebecca Carruthers, um, who uh, works at the Fair Election Center. She's been on the show before, and we talked uh, about the implications of the January 6th insurrection Uh, In terms of American democracy, one of the things that um, is self-evident about the January 6th insurrection was its color nature. I'm not sure of its social class, but it seems as if almost everybody participating um, was white. And one wonders, and I'm sure this will be something that I talk to Rebecca about in New York next month, uh, the racial element of January 6th and its implications on American democracy Race and politics in the world today isn't just um, isolated to the United States. Uh, We have the rise of the racial politics of the right all over the world, even in Sweden, which many people associate with liberalism, openness, tolerance, multiculturalism. uh, There's been a surge in right-wing parties in the recent election, Um, the right Uh, the far right whatever that means is apparently shifting public norms Um, many people believe that uh, Sweden's actually turned fascist uh, in association with uh, its rightward shift in its party others argue that Sweden's simply becoming unbearable uh, or reflects the rise of a, a racial politics perhaps a racist politics one man who's done a lot of thinking about race and whiteness, both in the United States and Sweden, is my guest today. Um, Martin Lund is a Swedish academic, and he has a new uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology book out called Whiteness, Uh, and he's talking to us uh, from uh, Helsingborg in in southern Sweden. So welcome, uh, Martin. Thank you. Martin, uh, your book isn't exclusively about politics, but of course, any book entitled Whiteness is inevitably political. Um, Do you connect the rise of a a racist or a racial right-wing in in Sweden and the United States? Are they quite similar? And are they built around this concept of whiteness that you write about in your book? Yeah, I I
1: think so, not perhaps only but i think it's a very important contributing uh contributing factor to the way uh, not least the the election here we had in uh, september played out as you showed on your uh, on your slides that um in in a way i think parts of the results and parts of the rhetoric in leading up to the election were Examples of what Carol Anderson calls "white rage," sort of a, um, a reaction to, uh, in in the context she was writing about, mostly um, black advancement or, or black people's demands for uh, equality. And I think something similar has happened in in Sweden, but with a different kind of, of demographic. Uh, makeup and demographic picture as well. There's more focus on uh, on Islam in many of these uh, discussions, but I think um, in in a sense, in in both cases, uh, it has to do with a perception that people who have traditionally been in power or closer to power have had the promise. Of, of being able to at least potentially attain power, feel like they are no longer um, in that position. And then that that sort of feeds this kind of, uh, of rhetoric. And I don't know if um, I wanna go so far as to say, as some of these headlines said, that Sweden has uh, overnight become unbearable, not a lot, some things have definitely shifted but it is not just in in the election uh, that that has happened uh, or that Sweden has become fascist overnight with the election either but there are in with the the proposals that the new government has put forward there are definitely tendencies
0: yeah it's um, interesting that you bring up uh, Carol Anderson Carol Anderson's a friend of mine she's been on the show several times she was most recently on the show, talking about how to ensure a free and fair presidential election. She has a new book out called One Person No Vote, which is bound up in her argument that the system is, or, or whites in particular, uh, are trying again, once again to take the votes away from non-white people. Um, Martin, let's get to the core of your book on whiteness. Uh, some people might say Particularly, perhaps defenders of the idea of whiteness—that whiteness is just another ethnic identity—that it's, you know, you can you can define yourself as a Jew, you can define yourself as an African American, you can describe you can define yourself as a as as Hispanic, um, you can describe yourself as gay or transsexual. Um, what's wrong with whiteness? Why can't you just be a white like everyone else has the right for a, for a racial, ethnic identity? Well,
1: in, in, in this case, it's I don't think uh, a, an identity like any, um, any other because in a lot of these identities or categories that you mentioned, there is a connection to a more readily identifiable um, community or imagined community or, or tradition um, which there isn't in, in the same way in the construction of, of whiteness as a category. It's more of an umbrella category and it's one that is um, and has been tied specifically in, in I think to a greater extent than to many others uh, what do you to, mean by an
0: umbrella category? I'm not clear
1: on that. Um, no, I mean in in this case, um, the the many of the the categories that you mentioned, when we think of, for example, uh, Irish Americans, Italian Americans, and so on, um, that's sort of an ethnic identity that is also tied to to whiteness, and especially tied to whiteness in the sense that um, these are groups that in the U.S at one point in history were not considered white or not quite white and have then sort of moved into this this grander
0: uh, category of
1: of whiteness, which is- what you're saying
0: is that whiteness is, rather than a sort of objective, and I use this word carefully because I don't like introducing it into conversations about race, scientific, rather than an objective scientific concept, it's something that's used um, in, a, in a subjective way. There was an interesting quote that Rebecca Carruthers actually just retweeted on her Twitter page. She's by somebody called Will Stancil. I don't know who he is. Um, and, and Will writes, the core privilege of being a white man is the privilege of thinking of yourself as quote-unquote normal, quote-unquote mutual, quote-unquote moderate effectively raceless and genderless while everyone else's views are skewed by their parochial perspective as a woman or a racial identity. Is that your sense also of whiteness as the, the norm and everything else is extraordinary in, um, in many, many cases, many societies. Yes.
1: I think that is sort of one of the, the course of, of, whiteness studies as it has uh, developed, that it is uh, as a category, and, and this is where I was getting to it earlier as it's, well, it's a political, very political um, category, but it's, it's a political category that is, uh, that is very tied, closely tied to, to power and tied to the, the uh, sense of, of, of being the bearer of the normative what is normal? What is uh, unmarked, unraced? You have white people are not usually racialized, at least not in conversations with or about white people, uh, as white in the way that black people, for example, tend to be almost immediately racialized with the with the um, mention of of blackness or mention that they are, sort of singled out as being black rather than a man or a woman. Because in in this in racial formations where whiteness is dominant, unless otherwise specified, it is usually implied or it is usually taken to be implied that the person you are talking about is white.
0: What about the role of nationalism in, in the United States and Sweden, even on the right? I'm not sure if these people talk about whiteness. They more talk about Swedish identity or American identity. When you listen to Steve Bannon or Donald Trump or your Democrat Party people, they're not talking in these abstract terms. They're talking in national terms. Is this a, is whiteness about sort of seizing control of the identity of the state? I, don't, I
1: wouldn't say that it is ceasing control. I think it has been in control for, for a pretty long well, time. Keeping
0: one's grasp on the controls, yeah, I take your point. Yeah, um, and so
1: Toni Morrison,
0: uh, I think it is, playing in Playing in
1: the Dark, specifically states that in, in connection to these discussions, American implies, or American means white. And we have this goes back i mean to the to the beginning of the united states um the idea of free white men being the people who could become citizens and then that franchise was gradually gradually expanded from from landowning free white men to all free white men you should or at least from from the uk from from britain and then further expanded over the years but i mean the the free white person
0: clause was not really
1: taken off the books until the mid-1950s. Well, or that tell big. me a little bit
0: about yourself. Or, uh, don't take this personally. Nice white boy from southern Sweden. You mentioned Carol Anderson and, and a number of other African American writers. What, what interests you about this issue of whiteness? You're just another white, aren't you? Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it, writer,
0: it, we did some We've done a number of shows about this. We did one show, for example, with a young man called Baynard Woods, who's written a book. He's a white southerner from the southern part of the United States. Uh, it's, It's a book full of guilt. He calls it Inheritance, an autobiography of whiteness. Is this book of yours a kind of theoretical autobiography? Is it full of guilt of your own whiteness, or do you separate yourself from the book? Uh, no i I don't think you can separate
1: yourself from from what you write, and I tried to make my my own position clear at the beginning, but I wouldn't say uh, that it is um, a work of of guilt because I don't think guilt in itself is a particularly productive um, productive response. I think it is important to to uh, acknowledge what it means to be racialized as white in my case, either when I'm um, here in Sweden or when I go to the, to the United States, which I do on a fairly regular basis. And I am understood to be a certain kind of, of person different in, in different, in certain ways, uh, depending on where I am based on ideas of, of, whiteness and how, how it's understood as a category or possibly not understood, not really reflected on.
0: Uh, are you in uh, Baynard Wood's camp? Um, as I said, he, he, he passionately believes in the idea of reparations being the only fix. I'm not sure how reparations would work in Sweden uh, because it's a very different kind of history of whiteness and of racism. But are you in his camp on the reparations issue when it comes to African-Americans in America? Well, I don't know what his his camp is. Well, the idea that, at least in his book, that um, and as, as our title said, that a white racist totalitarian system permeated American history. So reparations might be the only Way of really addressing it. I mean, you know, your book isn't just about that. I'm not suggesting you, you may not have a position on, on reparations one way or the other.
1: No, I think uh, I think reparations would be an important step in in trying to um, rectify uh, past injustices that are still very much uh, having consequences, concrete consequences to this day. I don't think. Um sort of trying for um, equality of opportunity, it has been done. It has not worked on its own. Think uh, looking for equality of, of outcome, equity rather than equality, maybe is the better way to uh, to put it is an important uh, is an important step. Um, there are calls in in Sweden for, a truth and reconciliation um, committee in regards to uh, the like, Swedish governments, the Church of Sweden's historical treatment of um, the, the indigenous Sami people. Um, the Church of Sweden recently uh, officially apologized for its role in, in, its, uh, in, in its ill treatment of the indigenous people. Uh, but what was largely missing in like the white paper that was published in 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 the lead up to this apology is an acknowledgement of how much land this church still owns that has been been um, sort of taken from traditional homes traditional grazing grounds of of the indigenous, uh, Sami. So they're they're saying they're saying the nice things, but maybe that needs to be backed up more.
0: When it comes to, I mean, in, in America, really? there's a clear racial difference obviously between the original settlers and African Americans when it comes to slavery, and also between the original European settlers and the indigenous Americans. Um, but in Sweden, I'm guessing that the indigenous people you're talking about and Swedes, do they look the same? I mean, is there a racial difference? How does the indigenous issue play in terms of whiteness in Sweden?
1: I mean, it's it's different now than it used to be in the, say, heyday of eugenics or, or um, scientific racism, where there was more discussion of, of um skin tone eye shape cranial shapes and 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 bumps and things like that but there is um it's i mean when it comes to whiteness you can talk about um appearances physical differences to a certain extent but as i mentioned before um or hinted at before it's not just about um about physical appearances it's also about culture about customs about religion um you have um i mean one example that is pretty close at hand in this in this instance i guess is um swedish americans who at one point i forget who it was now but one of the one of the founding fathers of the united states uh possibly benjamin franklin uh, talked about swarthy Swedes. So Swedes were not initially considered uh, fully white in, in the United States. Whereas today, um, in, in a lot of, for example, popular culture, we see uh, Swedes almost presented as the, the archetype of, of whiteness. So it shifts, and it's not just about uh, physical appearance. And that was uh, part of the, the attempt to, to uh, colonize um, the, the Swedish north as well, that certain groups of Sami were supposed to be assimilated and in that way become part of the, of the Swedish polity and whitened in that sense, whereas others were supposed to be kept separate uh, in, this, uh, in this policy because they were considered to be unassimilable.
0: Martin, what about the, are, are everybody's complicity in this? Um, I'm doing a show, uh, actually, in an hour's time with a man called Max Bazerman, who's a professor at Harvard Business School, of all places. He has a new book out, Complicit. Um, uh, how we enable the unethical and how to stop Uh, what all of us can do to fight the pervasive human tendency to enable wrongdoing in the workplace, politics and beyond. Uh, Are all quote-unquote whites complicit in this, whether they're in Sweden or in the United States or or wherever? Some people will be watching this and say, I don't care, it's not my responsibility. Sure, I'm white, but I don't think of myself as white. I'm not a racist. Others will say, well, maybe you are, if you're not acknowledging it. Is there a degree of complicity for everybody, all quote-unquote whites, in your view? What do you say about this in your book, Whiteness? Um, in, in my discussion of that, I start
1: off in um, in the idea of the, the racial contract, sort of a foundational um, Structure since the 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 Enlightenment, at least that.
0: Everyone uh, goes back to the Enlightenment, Martin. Isn't that the uh, the last refuge?
1: <laughs> well, it, it it was a significant uh, time in um, in European. Are you, are you West linking
0: America? this idea of whiteness with the Enlightenment? Are you against the Enlightenment? Sometimes people... Uh, No, but I I think think being for or against the Enlightenment... uh, That all this race stuff is essentially an attack on the Enlightenment, a rejection of the Enlightenment, but sorry, go on.
1: Yeah, no, I think think being for or against the Enlightenment, framing it in that way, I think is a bit um, too simplistic. I think the Enlightenment had um, positive effects, and I think the Enlightenment had negative effects that it changed uh, the way a lot of people understand uh, the world. And it's changed uh, the way a lot of people are expected to understand the world for good and for ill. Um, on the one hand, um, kind of, of skepticism became more common. That also allows the kind of, of, of questioning that I think we need to uh, be doing in in discussing these and many other topics that it laid the foundation for for some of the thinking that has directly led to me being able to uh, sit here and talk to you today Uh, but it also we cannot uh, we cannot uh, then ignore the fact that many of the people who are famous for being enlightenment thinkers also were very well versed in Um, in racializing thinking and did also talk in those terms and that also had uh, effects.
0: Maybe we've made a mistake turning um, some of our Enlightenment figures into what some people might call superheroes. Your day job, Martin, as it is (laughs) as a, a scholar of comics. Your last book was called Unstable Masks, Whiteness, an American Superhero." Comics, so my, my reference to superheroes was uh, obviously uh, meant for you. Can all this be dealt with uh, when it comes to superheroes in terms of simply turning the whole thing on its head? Uh, earlier this week, I went to see Black Panther Wakanda Forever, of course, the second film in the Black Panther series. Do, or, or might we need to, to simply get rid of the, the idea of superheroes? Is the problem thinking in? super heroic terms whether they're white or black or green or orange
1: well i think i think turning anyone into um that large that grand of a hero figure figure i think might um if not inevitably very likely lead to um to problems down the road uh, and it's also, I mean, when we're talking about uh, superhero figures, which have as, as, a, as a generic or, or genre formation, uh, a genre and a type of, of character, they have a long history. So the, the book you showed on Stable Masks is a co-edited collection with, with uh, a variety of chapters uh, by different scholars looking at different characters from different uh, points in in. Uh, time, and we see some patterns emerging, some things that are are frequently recurring. Um, So we see, we have a history that often turns um, these characters into sort of of power fantasies. And often uh, these characters, I mean, especially when it comes to Marvel and DC, the big ones, the big publishers of, of superhero fictions right now, um, we can't forget that in the end the 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 most important purpose that superheroes serve is to make money for their publishers. that's the the
0: primary purpose of superheroes um and I uh, um, throwing an even bigger wrench into the machine martin on on capitalism. Let's not go there let's end um with a, with a simple question. It seems like theorists like yourself, and you know, I'm not grouping you with everyone, I'm not accusing you of, of any kind of-ness, but there is a tendency on the part of people who write about whiteness to, to, to treat it quite, in two quite different ways. On the one hand, it's ubiquitous, it's everywhere, and it's, so, it's, it's like water or oxygen. It's, it's so everywhere that it's not even obvious to everyone. And on the other hand, we want to get beyond it. Um, How do we, very, very briefly, Martin, because we've got to end here, but I understand that in your book, Whiteness, like so many of these other books, you present it as everything and everywhere. But how do we get beyond it? How do we get rid of it? Because nobody really wants it. It's an ugly concept. Um, It's creating a lot of suffering and anger, and it could trigger much worse political uh violence of one kind or another how, how do we get rid of it
1: how do well, we I don't stop
0: think... more books written on whiteness <laughs> put me out of my misery uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry to say but i
1: don't think the 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 way to do that is fewer books i think it's more books i'm i'm sorry that's <laughs> not what you wanted to hear i i uh i can hear that very clearly but i think um in order to uh to get beyond it, and you said nobody wants it. I don't think that's true. There are uh, people who want to abolish it, but what would it mean to abolish it? There are people who want to change what whiteness means to people so that it can have um, a more unambiguously positive uh, valence for most people, or people who don't want to talk about it, don't care, it's, it's none of my business, or people who, celebrate it so i think there are definitely there are people who want it and there are people who want to get rid of it but if you are in any of the camps that want to get rid of it or change it i think you need to um, talk about it think about it try to redress things like we were talking about earlier with the with the reparations the the legacies of of white supremacy around the the world until we, so we can get to a point where It is not a pole in a usually very um, unequal power structure.